Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by current MSU Bobcat fullback, RJ Fitzgerald. How are you doing, man? Oh, wonderful. How about yourself? Good, good. Just finished up the semester for you guys, and I know you're heading back to Dillon today. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's about golf season, so I'm a little excited about that. So that's what I'm going to be doing all weekend is golfing. Heck yeah, that's awesome, man. So what made you fall in love with football? Uh, you know, like from an early age, uh, my dad uh, played football for Montana. My uncle played football for Montana. My grand, my uh, mom's grand, my mom's dad played uh, for Montana Western. And then my mom's sister, or my mom's brother also played for uh, Western Tech. So from an early age, um, that was kind of the thing I wanted to do. And my dad was a high school uh, head football coach over at Dennis Mustangs. So I spent a lot of time as a kid on the sidelines just trying to be the ball boy. But I mean, I, I'm sure I got in the way a little bit too much. So, <laughs> so you kind of come from a split family with some U of M roots and some Montana State roots then. Yeah, I mean, I think we got, it. We got them switched now. So I, I think that's a good thing. I got my brother on the team now, so, you know, it's a pretty special time to be a part of the Bobcat family. That's awesome. So what is it like to be able to play with your brother at the collegiate level? Because not a whole lot of people get that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, initially before COVID, I thought I was only going to get to play a semester with him. And, um, you know, the COVID season, yeah, it sucked to be to play, but kind of, you know, the silver lining is I get to play with him another year this fall, and it's been pretty cool. We definitely uh, scared my mom a little bit because he was on the scout team last year. So he was getting calls from my mom all the time asking, like, take it easy on Chase, take it easy on him, and, and stuff like that. So we, we have some good banter back and forth. And it's been pretty cool to have. That's awesome. So you're from Dillon, which has just kind of had a resurgence of football players for the Bobcats. How cool is it to be from that hometown that now has such a risk history with the Bobcats? You know, yeah, it's great. It just talks to, you know, the type of people that we have in Dillon. We have, you know, we're from a blue collar, um, work families, people that ranch, they don't stop until they get the job done, uh, those type of people. And I think it, it showed how many uh, players have not only gone on to play at MSU, but other schools other frontier schools as well. And I think it's pretty special to say and know that I'm a part of the, the Dillon Beaver football program. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about what it's like to play at Bobcat Stadium. Because, I mean, obviously I've watched it on TV. I've been to a few games and I see the atmosphere from a fan standpoint. But what is it like as a player to play at that stadium as your home stadium? You know, it, it kind of gives you chills. You don't really – understand how important the games are until you get to you know run out of that tunnel that first time uh, i know when i did that my uh, true freshman year i was definitely a little bit scared and uh it's like oh geez this is what it's really like because i grew up going to uh, college football games i never truly understood the extent of you know how much people actually love football in this uh, state for sure for sure it's really cool you know to see our state because we don't have pro sports. So it's really, you're a Bobcat fan or you're a Grizzly fan and it's one or the other. And it's just so cool to see that passion. Oh yeah, definitely. Shows out every Saturday. For sure. 
So the big sky, I mean, as I mentioned with the Grizzlies, but there's also, you know, Eastern Washington, um, Sac State ran the board last year. There's just a bunch of good teams in the big sky. How neat is it to be a part of a conference that really, from top to bottom, has good teams? Yeah, I mean, I think every week you play, it's a challenge. Every place presents these unique challenges. Every team has good football players. All the kids, you know, were the best players on their high school football team. So it doesn't matter really, like, what level you play at. If you're playing college football, you're, you're probably a pretty good football player. And um, There's definitely some teams in this conference that, you know, they're, they're year in and year out, uh, really tough challenges. And it, it doesn't even matter, you know, week to week. And, you know, whether it's a home game, road game, every week, if you don't bring it, you're going to get beat. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and then just in the coaching ranks, there's Ed McCaffrey, who's a NFL player that's coaching at Northern Colorado now. It's just – it's so cool to see the big sky getting some notoriety. Yeah, I mean, I think that people want to live in, in this region, in this part of the country. I think it really shows with the quality of football players, the quality of coaches and fans that well, the big sky brings in. I mean, how can you love, you know, coming to a Bobcat football game on a Saturday and spending your – about four or five years here as a college football team. Oh, for sure. For sure. So during your time at MSU, you've been through a coaching change. How difficult was that to go from one coach to the other? You know, I think that Coach Schoet really made it a um, good emphasis that it's coaches come and go, but players are the program, and that's what he always preached from day one. And once Beacon came in, it was through sailing from there. And uh, I think the – the great thing about having position changes and, and head coaching changes is you get to get a little bit of a different perspective from each coach. And I think if you do a good job of, you know, kind of taking something from, from everyone, you're going to be a more complete football player. You're going to be a more complete team. For sure. So this year, the Bobcats kind of had a thing that as fans, everyone was like, oh my God, what's going on? But then Tommy Malott came in and flat balled out in the playoffs. Did you guys as a team know he was going to come in and do that from the get-go when he got the chance? You know, even when he came in as a, you know, wretched freshman, he was always one of the hardest workers on the team. He's from, you know, a good family over there in Butte from a, a good program and Coach Jerry Gray. And, um, yeah, he just continued to work during fall camp and never complained about his role, just kept doing whatever the coaches asked him, whatever the team needed of him. And I think it ended up paying off and, and panning out in the end. For sure. So then during your guys' playoff run, you kind of beat the crap out of Sam Houston. What was that like to beat a team that's perennially in, you know, the national championship to just go to their house and, like I said, kind of beat the crap out of them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think any time you, you go on the road in the playoffs, it's going to be really, it doesn't even matter if it's a playoffs regular season or not. And to be able to take down uh, the defending champions in Sam Houston, I mean, they're a really good football team. Uh, they have really good players. It showed that a couple guys drafted and get free agent signings. And it really showed, you know, it's one of those, football is one of those games where momentum can be a huge thing. And, you know, we've been on, we're on both sides of the momentum switch this year. For sure. And then what was the atmosphere like down there in Texas for the um, national championship? I mean, I know a bunch of alumni came, but what was that like as a player to have that experience? 
No, it was awesome. Uh, I know all the former Bobcats uh, came to the stadium, and we got to have a little meet and greet. I got to talk to guys I haven't seen since my freshman year of college, and that was pretty cool. And I, you know, I have really good buddies with a lot of those guys, and you know, it's really uh, tight brotherhood. And, you know, you can always you can always uh, count on a Bobcat to be there for you. And then in terms of the, the stadium, I mean, that's that's a great stadium. Uh, the atmosphere is pretty electric. And, you know, it's definitely probably built for uh, you know, hosting a national championship. That's so cool. So I'm going to touch a little bit on NDSU. They had a pretty dang good wide receiver get drafted in the second round. What is he like up close? No, he's a freak of nature. <laughs> I mean, I think we've, saw, we've seen it, you know, day one, uh, going against him, uh, just kind of hearing about this guy. And then you actually go and play him, you know, we played him three times. It seemed like every single time he got, he put on another 10 pounds of muscle, kind of the freak show athlete. You know, it shows I mean, any time you're drafted, you know, at all in the NFL draft, let alone a second round draft pick. And, you know, it's it's one of those things. Credit to them for, you know, just having great players. For sure. So then the Bobcats, too, this year in the draft had, I think, probably won the most drafted. But then you also had a few free agent signings. How neat is that for the university to have that opportunity to have players go in the draft and be undrafted free agents? I think it puts the Bobcats on the national uh, level when you get people drafted like that. You know, obviously I'm great friends with, with all those guys that got drafted and picked up. But, uh, you know, it was a pretty special moment of being there for Troy getting drafted and then watching the TV when Hardy got drafted. That was a pretty, uh, pretty special moment that, about an hour after the draft, everyone else is getting picked up by teams. You know, it's it's so it's so uh, great to see those guys because they they worked their tails off. Uh, had to go through a lot uh, to get where we are. Those guys had to go through a lot physically, mentally, emotionally to, to become the players they are today. For sure. So, um, the Bobcats just built their new athletic center for all the um ball players. How cool is that to have? Kind of a state-of-the-art facility right on the football field. No, I think you kind of take it for granted uh, if you're a young guy and you get it because that's all you've known. But for me and you know all the other you know, fifth and sixth-year guys that have spent all their time in the field house, not having uh, the you know perfect times for us to be able to live to get uh, the maximum amount of sleep, to get the maximum amount of nutrition and recovery. You know, it's great to have. Because ultimately, we want to be the best people, best football players we can be. And that facility really uh, lets us do that. For sure, for sure. So, you know, every every player has their favorite play that they've had throughout their career. What is that for you? You know, I think it was probably when it was probably against South Dakota State in the semifinals. And... We ran a, a, a QB, you know, bullpen, and, you know, that kind of put the game away, put the game on ice for us. And I think that was probably the, the coolest moment. The, the crowd erupted. Tommy Malott, you know, scored another touchdown once new. And I th I'd say that was probably one of the most special moments of my life uh, in terms of me being on the field. But obviously you can't uh, not talk about the miracle as you say. 
the, the film that's coming out tonight, actually. So, I mean, that was probably the craziest moment of my entire life, although I didn't, I wasn't playing the game since I was injured. It was, it was absolutely nuts in you when that happened. Oh, I mean, that rivalry is second to none, and I can't even imagine what it's like to be able to play in that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the, the crazy thing is, and it's kind of a cool thing, too, is you go up against all these guys in uh, middle school basketball tournaments, <laughs> middle school basketball, uh, baseball tournaments, and you know these kids. Um, they're good people. They're, they're great Montana people. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're playing for 60 minutes, it's it's a lot of hatred. But, you know, outside <laughs> of that, they got some, you know, great human beings as well. And, you know, a lot of people that I've known forever. So. Well, and especially with you being from Dillon, because Dillon's kind of right smack dab in the middle of Missoula and Bozeman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Dillon kind of used to be a, a grist town. And then now I think we've been switching a little bit with the amount of Dillon kids going over. So I guess that's a good thing to see. For sure, for sure. So, <clears throat> what was I going to say? How do you see the Bobcats being this year? Because, I mean, last year was such a high of, of course, going to the national championship. Do you see the Bobcats being just as good this year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'd have to obviously put in the work. That's the first and foremost. Not putting in the work, we're not going to get anything accomplished. So, we definitely got to get after it this summer and – um, really get after it during fall camp to become the best possible team we can be week one. And, you know, football's one of those games where if you don't put in the work, you're not going to be a very good football team. So um, you just got to take it one day at a time, one, one play at a time. And at the end of the day, whatever happens, happens. And if you put in the, the work and, you know, whatever the results are, those are the results. For sure. So one of my things with my podcast is I love to try to help, you know, either high school age kids or just whoever wants to get to that next level. So what would be your suggestion for kids that want to play at the college level for football? I'd say you, you got to stand out. You got to do things that other people aren't willing to do. You got to put in the extra time in the weight room, uh, in, the, in the classroom, you got to have good grades. You got to really just try to be the best possible you can be. You can be, work your tail off. And I promise if you work your tail off, do all the right things on and off the field, uh, you're going to get a chance to play at the collegiate level. And then once you get to the collegiate level, it's, it's kind of all on what you put in. For sure. So being a college athlete, it's fun. There's a lot of perks, a lot of fun times, but it's also one hell of a lot of work. And it's like a second job on top of school. So what is your day-to-day -day life like as an athlete? You know, uh, during the school year, we have uh, practice in the morning, so we get there around 6, then we're done with practice around 10, and then we either have class or come back and do meetings, and then you have to do homework tonight. Obviously, I've graduated now, so it's a lot easier for me. I kind of just take whatever classes I, I want to, but yeah, for sure, it's definitely a lot of work, and you know, you're you're definitely putting in 40 plus hours a week with school and football. So it's a full time job. Oh, for sure. No. And then a fun thing that you have that I saw on your Twitter profile is you're a bar stool athlete. So how did that come about? Honestly, I just signed up for, for a flathead last year. And so uh, I saw 
portnoy tweet out about it so i signed up for it got some free stuff i think there's about 15 or 20 of us out of the, our barcel athletes so we got a free sweatshirt sweats and shirts <laughs> so it's not a bad little deal to have that obviously i'm a i'm a big boston all sports boston so uh i've kind of been a big fan of barcel follow all the all the Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox, Pacers. That's awesome. I mean, I saw that and I'm like, that's probably one of the coolest gigs that you could get in sports for a college athlete to be a barstool athlete. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's just kind of, it's just kind of funny, honestly. It's kind of funny. For sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So, do you think that the NIL is a good thing for student athletes? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, as a, as a student athlete, it's tough for us to have to pay for things. You know, if, if guys, you know, put in the work and they go on the field all the time, uh, you know, I, I like it. And you know, also, the same thing goes for some of those FBS schools. Uh, the lock-ons are getting there and pushing for That's, I think that's one of the coolest things I've, I've seen out there, especially being a, a former lock-on, becoming uh, a smaller champion. You know, that would have been really nice to, to get the NIL deal to pay for at least your tuition and, and things like that. So I think there's definitely more good than bad, but there's, you know, at the same time, there's some bad. Right, right, for sure. Well, hey, RJ, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day and doing this while you're driving on the highway back home. It's awesome. So yeah. you have a great rest of your day. Safe drive and go Cats. Go okay. Cats. That's right. All right. Well, we'll talk later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.